Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within your gates, O Jerusalem. You, you might be saying that's a weird verse to, to quote today, that we are glad to be in the house of the Lord. But the reality is the house of the Lord is uh, not a building, but the church is made up of people. So wherever you are across this nation, across the world, in your living rooms, in your kitchen, eating brunch, whatever you are doing and wherever you are, uh, we have an opportunity to enter into uh, the house of the Lord today. I'm so excited to be with you, even though we are not physically meeting here today. Uh, I'm excited to be with you in your homes, worshiping Jesus. Do me a favor. Why don't you share this link with somebody? Why don't you let somebody know that Epiphany Brooklyn is live right now? Uh, we want to invite you into uh, chat and, and, and share. And if you could uh, make, make sure that you guys are interacting with each other online. Uh, I know y'all was on D-Nice Party last night, and so uh, if you're online with us now, you, you should be commenting with each other and saying amen, and even though you're not physically in the building, why don't y'all make some noise with each other? We, we do have pastors and deacons that are in the chat room right now, and so if you are uh, feeling heavy, if you're feeling weighted, and you just need prayer, uh, all you got to do is tap into the resources you have online, which is uh, some pastors at our churches, some deacons that are willing to engage with you, willing to talk to you. If you want to know what it means, uh, what, what the gospel is, and then you want to know what it means to give your life to Christ, we have somebody that's there for you to talk with you. Also, if you just want prayer, you, you are feeling an angst over the season that we're in. We certainly have somebody online that is willing to do that with you as well. Well, I'm excited to preach the word. That is why I'm up here. Praise God for our worship team that led us so well. Uh, grab your Bibles, your devices, whatever you have. Meet me in the book of First Kings. Back in the Old Testament, we will be in First Kings today. As you guys are turning there or getting there on your device, let me quickly express my love and affections for our members here at Epiphany Church. I miss y'all. Like seriously, y'all got your boy hanging out in a empty space uh, preaching uh, to cameras, but nevertheless, this is what we have to do uh, in this season as we are practicing social distancing. Uh, but I, I do miss you, and I just want to say directly to those of you who are connected to our church, please be safe. Uh, make sure you are fo following all of the state and local guidelines and the procedures that they have laid out. Uh, let's not be silly. Let's make sure that we are uh, really practicing social distancing and washing our hands and all of the stuff that uh, we're supposed to be doing. So that's for everybody online, but I, I have an obligation uh, to the people that I pastor to make sure that you guys are, are being protected and being safe. So please be doing that. Uh, I'm excited to be in this passage today. I woke up this morning and I just felt I don't know, hopeful. And I haven't felt that over the last couple of weeks as we've been considering everything that has been going on. It's been uh, certainly some dark, uh, some dark times in the last few weeks as everything has progressed here uh, domestically, but also internationally. But I don't know, this morning something turned in my heart where I, I woke up with hope. And if you got on this live, it is not by accident. 
If somebody shared the link and you literally just clicked in just now, I'm talking to you. This is not by accident, but you are on this live right now because God wants you to hear uh, a word. And uh, certainly there is one in 1 Kings 17. If you're there, why don't you pick me up in verse 8? Uh, this is how we do at our church. I'll read a couple of verses. I'll announce a theme or a topic and then we'll pray and we'll dig in. Verse 8 says, then the word of the Lord came to him, him meaning Elijah. Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, underline this, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, there was, there was a woman there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, bring me a little water and a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour and a jar and a little oil and a jug. And now I am gathering sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Verse 13. And Elijah said to her, please underline this. Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterwards, make something for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord, she's about to get a prophecy now. The God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. Underline that because we have to define what is many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. I, I want to encourage your heart today as we're living in dark times and I want to preach from the topic entitled, He Always Comes Through. Let's pray before we dig in. Father, in a crazy season like now, we need hope. In a crazy season like now, we need encouragement. In a crazy season right now, like right now, we need to know that you always come through. And so may we look at the past so that we can realize how you've come through for us in the past. Uh, uh, if you did it then, Lord, we, we know that you can certainly come through for us now. And so, Father, would you bring us comfort through your word? Let me not add anything to the text. Let me not take anything away. But the text is sufficient in and of itself. May I just preach what you've already laid out in Scripture? It's in Christ's name we pray and give all glory. Amen. He always comes through. Throughout scriptures, particularly in the Old Testament, whenever uh, the Bible wanted to give God nicknames, it always gave him nicknames that were more like descriptions of his character. So, so we usually give nicknames based on, uh, you know, something funny that somebody did in life. And so we give them a nickname based on that or something that they someone that they look like. So we give them a nickname based on who what they look like. But in the Old Testament, whenever God was given a nickname, it was really a description of his characteristic. It was a description of who he was. So if you search in the Old Testament, you'll, you'll see names like Jehovah Shalom. Literally, Shalom in the Hebrew means peace. It means Jehovah Shalom means that God, the Lord, is our peace. You see other places like in Jeremiah 23, I'll call him Jehovah Sitkanu or Sitkanu. It, it literally means that the Lord is our righteousness. If you search the Old Testament, you'll see nicknames or characteristics of God like Jehovah Rapha, which means 
the Lord heals. I certainly have been praying that one over our land lately, that the Lord would just start to bring healing into the land. If you search the Old, script, Old Testament scriptures, you'll see names and descriptions of the characteristics of God like Jehovah Jireh, which literally means that the Lord provides. If you look at Genesis chapter 22, in Genesis 22, something very interesting happens. In Genesis 22, Abraham is taking his son Isaac up to Mount Moriah. And when he takes him up to Mount Moriah, the Lord tells him to sacrifice his one and only son. That sounds like Christ he takes him and he puts him uh, on the altar and he's about to sacrifice his son in obedience to God. And the Bible says he lifts up the knife. It's something like it slows down. It's a, a dramatic depiction of him lifting up the knife. And he's about to sacrifice his son. And then an audible voice comes as God speaks and says, wait, 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 don't do it. Look into the bushes, because in the bushes, there is a ram stuck in the thicket. I want you to sacrifice that. And so what Abraham does is he sacrifices the ram instead of sacrificing his son. And on their way down from Mount Moriah, I love what Abraham does. He names that place Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. I want to focus our time in today on the great provision of the Lord. We're certainly living in a season where there is a loss of jobs that is happening across this nation. We have several business owners right here in our church and several of those business owners have had to shut their business down. So we're living in tough times. We have people here at our church, even some that are in the building right now that work uh, hourly jobs. And because they work hourly jobs and they were sent home and the government has only essential uh, uh, volunteers and staff can go out. And because of that, many people have been impacted. And if we're not careful, we can start to look at what we don't have instead of looking at the God who has everything. And at the expense of coming across as a prosperity preacher, preacher, it's important for me today to point you to the fact that God will provide. It's important for me to point you to the fact that God always comes through. And I love this passage because in this passage, not one, but two people get to experience the provision of God. The prophet, of Eli the prophet Elijah gets to experience God as Jehovah Jireh, but so does the widow. The widow at Zarephath also gets to experience God's great provision. Now, in context, you know, in our church, if you've ever been to our church, one of the things you'll notice about our church is we preach in context. We, we desire to make sure that we understand the passage because whatever the original author was saying in the scriptures is good for us today. It's dangerous to parachute into a passage and just preach whatever you want. And so let me give you a little bit of context here. What is happening is Elijah is on the run from King Ahab. And as he is on the run from King Ahab, God cares for the prophet so much that he sends him to the brook at Kareth. And when he sends him there, he sends him there and provides. As he sends him to the brook at Kareth, as he's providing, he does so in two ways. He allows the prophet to drink of the water that is flowing in the brook. But God is so dope and God is so sovereign and God is so in control that he commands the ravens to bring meat and food to the prophet. And so the prophet is at the brook of Kareth and he is being sustained for by God through the waters that are flowing and he's being sustained by the ravens that are bringing him meat. But something interesting happens in verse seven. We started today in verse eight, but in verse seven, something very interesting happens. The brook dries up. 
I don't know if that's in your Bible, but mine literally says, verse 7, after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. What do you do when what was sustaining you is no longer sustaining you? What, what do you do when the business that you opened that was providing for you is no longer providing for you because you have to shut down? What do you do when that hourly job sends you home and only gives you two weeks left of pay? What do you do? And I love the passage here before us because my guess is that many of us are in that season where we're in verse seven right now, sitting at the brook that has dried up, but you tuned in today for me to tell you to get to verse eight through 16. They don't, don't sit in verse seven too long. Yeah, the brook is dried up right now, but there is something interesting that happens in the rest of the passage. And what is that? That's God's provision. Yes, the brook is dried up right now, but God knows how to provide even in a dry, at a dried up brook. My, my prayer this morning, I got up early and I prayed that everybody that's on this live right now, all of you, that every one of your bills will be paid during this season. I pray that your lights would stay on during this season. I pray that your mortgage and your rent will not go missing in this season. Why? Because we serve a God that is able to provide even with a dried up brook. So, so what does the prophet do? The, the prophet hears and sees that the water has stopped flowing. He sees that the ravens have stopped coming to bring him sustenance or food. So what does he do? Verse eight, the word of the Lord came to him. Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded widows there to feed you. Let me highlight verse 8. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. In other words, Elijah is sitting at the brook and he is not complaining. He is not moving ahead of God. Y'all know when the brook dries up, y'all know we want to get ahead of God and just try to make ways that we can out of no ways. And you start to rely on your own wit and your own strength and you start to rely on your own ability to make money. But the reality is many of us need to do what Elijah is doing. What is Elijah doing? He's sitting at the brook and he's not moving ahead of God. He's sitting there, verse 8, waiting for a word from the Lord. I, I love this because many of us are in a season right now where the brook has dried up, but let me promise you what you need to do is sit a little bit longer at the brook because the word of the Lord is coming. Elijah is sitting there in verse 8, verse 7, and he sees the brook dry up. Verse 8, he is sitting there waiting for a word from the Lord, and that is where you are right now. You, some of us don't even know where this month's bills are coming from. We, we don't know where the money's coming from. We don't know how to pay the bills, but I want to just encourage your heart to wait a little bit longer. Some of y'all got time on your hands. You've been home for the last couple of weeks. This is a good season to declutter. Is, this is a good season to remove the distractions, remove all of the chaos out of the way so that you can hear clearly from God because it is in these seasons that God normally speaks and crystallizes the next season, the, the, the next steps. This is normally the season where God knows how to push us into purpose. And in other words, some of y'all are home right now. You can't binge watch Love is Blind all the time. Some of you that are home right now can't sit on the Netflix or wherever they're showing love and hip hop. Some of you right now need to pray and ask God, what is the next step? Some of y'all right now need to write that business plan because this is the season to do so. Some of you, some of you need to go ahead and apply for school because this is the season to do so. 
Some of you need to go ahead and, and write out that prospectus and clean up your credit and clean up your resume. Why? Because this is the season where God is able to speak. Verse seven, he's at a dried up brook. Verse eight, the Lord decides to speak. And I know you're going past it, but you getting real charismatic today. You got to give me some foundational scriptures on how waiting for the Lord will pay off. Well, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, but they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I don't know where you are and I don't know if people are sleeping in your house, but you ought to scream to the top of your lungs. Wait on God because God knows how to talk to a nice at a dried up brook. God knows how to speak in this season. He is not silent. What does he do with the prophet? He says, I got a word for you. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go to the next town because I'm going to provide for you there. God always comes through. God always comes through. He always comes. He never fails me. He, he never promises something and then takes it back. He always follows through because we serve a God that's able to do whatever he wants. And so Elijah's at the dried up brook. And when God does speak to him, he, he gives him an interesting next step. Look at verse nine. He tells him, arise. Go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow to feed you. Like, sit in this for a second. Let's think about how the prophet would have felt right now. He is commanded by God to go to Zarephath, which would have been a Gentile nation. This is a Jewish prophet on the run from a Jewish king, and he's sent to a Gentile nation. That in and of itself is crazy, but it gets crazier. He doesn't just send him there. He doesn't say, go to Zarephath and find the richest person there because the richest person there is going to provide for you. You know, he says, go to the poorest, go to the widow. You got to understand something about widows in ancient times. Widows would have been the last people you would have been expected to get any type of resources from. Once their husband dies in ancient times, if their husband died, you, you, you were pretty sure that the widow would die somewhere thereafter because she had no way of providing for herself. But God doesn't tell the prophet to go to the richest person. He tells them to go to a place which is the most unlikely place to get any type of resources. God provides in ways that we would never expect. God provides, and, and many of us are missing God's provision in this season because we're looking at the areas that we think he normally provides through, but what if your provision is packaged in a package that you, would, you wouldn't recognize? You, you wouldn't think that God normally provides there, but that is exactly what he's doing with the prophet. He says, go to Zarephath. And when you get there, look for a widow because it is a widow that will sustain you. When it's hard times, we get innovative. When it's hard, when, when times get hard, we, we, we know how to look for provision in places that we would have never got them from. I'm, I'm only talking to people that have grown up and made a mayonnaise sandwich. If you've never made a mayonnaise sandwich, you may not understand what I'm saying. I'm only talking to people that have made, you, you, you made uh, one of those bacon, egg, and cheese, but you use bologna. Y'all remember that bologna? You'd have to rip off the red plastic around it, drop it in a frying pan, and it curl up. That's a good sandwich right there. Those are people that know how to seek provision in unlikely places, and it, that is exactly what the prophet is told to do. He said, I'm going to provide for you, Elijah, but I'm going to do so in a way that you would have never expected. And let me suggest to you this morning, you, I'm talking literally to you. 
I want you to understand that God's provision might be smack dead in your face, but you might be overlooking it because you think that he's going to provide through the job that you just got let go on. But that may not be his provision. You letting getting let go might be the greatest blessing because his provision might be in an unexpected place. And so he says here, listen, arise. Go to Zarephath. The brook is dried up, so don't mourn that. Go to Zarephath because in Zarephath, I have an unlikely place that I'm going to provide for you. Now, what, what Elijah does is he's obedient. He doesn't question God. He doesn't go, God, you can't provide through a widow. You, you got to provide in another way. No, no, no. Watch what he does. Watch the obedience. Verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a woman was a woman was there. A widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink it. And as she was going to bring it, he called her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as long as the Lord lives, your Lord, your God lives. I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I'm gathering sticks that I may prepare it for myself and for my son that we may eat it and die. Notice that what God does here is now he has taken the focus off of the prophet and puts it on stretching the faith of the widow. But the widow is funny because the widow is looking at her problem. She's not looking at the fact that the problem solver is there in her midst in the form of Elijah. She's looking at what she does not have. And likewise, many of you right now in this season are only looking at what has been taken away. But I want to stretch you the way the widow is being stretched this morning in the passage. I want to stretch you not to look solely at your problem, but I want you to look at the problem solver. I want you to look at Jehovah Jireh. I want you to look at the God who is able to provide. Don't look at your lack of financial security. Don't, don't look at the feelings that you have of isolation. Shoot, God knows I've been feeling that all week. I, I can't wait to get back around the body of Christ because I've been feeling so isolated. And, and many times we look at the anxiety and the depression instead of looking at the one who is able to solve the problem. Let's shift our focus today. This, this is what the widow says. She says, I, I, I would, but... I only got a handful of flour and just a little bit of oil. You got to understand that the oil was for cooking, but the oil was also for lights in order for her to see. And so she's like, I only got a little bit. In fact, I'm going to take this and I'm going to prepare it for my son and I. And this is our last meal, because after this meal, I have nothing else. And after this meal, I and my son will die, but she doesn't know that the problem solver, the provider, Jehovah Jireh, is in her midst. And so Elijah looks at her and he does something that might seem just a little bit, a, a little bit um, not nice, if you will. Look, look at what he does. Verse 13. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Do as you have said. But first, make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterwards, make something for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, for a jar of flour, for the jar of flour may not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. We need to find out when he's going to send rain. We'll find that out, though. Stay with me. Verse 15. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent. 
Neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord that he spoke through Elijah. It is so funny to me. Elijah literally hears what the widow said. The widow said, I'm gathering this flour, just a, just a handful and I'm gathering this little bit of oil and I'm going to prepare food and my son and I are going to enjoy this last meal because after this we are dying and the prophet literally says that's nice but before you do that go make me a pancake one of those fluffy ones with the with the edges that are crispy if you never had that you missing God's great joy in your life Uh, he says make me a cake first and after he says make me a cake you, you you would think that this was him really being harsh or cruel to this lady, but what he's doing is he's trying to stretch her faith. He's saying, give your last to me, because once you do that, the God that I serve is able to provide not just for me, but is able to provide for you and your son. And what great faith it must have taken for this widow to take her last little bit and to give it to a complete stranger. She's a Gentile. She knows nothing about Israel's God, but she's about to meet Israel's God. She's about to see the power and the might of the God of Israel. And so he says, give me the last little bit you have. First, make that little piece of cake for me. And then after that, you and your son will eat. That's what he says. He says, thus saith the Lord that the flour won't be spent, that the jar of oil will never be empty. And here's what's interesting. He says, until it rains. The question you should be asking, Epiphany, I know y'all asking it because y'all are so theologically astute. I know you're asking this question. When did it rain? How, how long, if God provided for a week, okay, that's great. How long does God provide for this widow until the rain comes, which means the crops can grow, which means then she can sustain herself? How long does God provide for her? Well, if you go to the next chapter, chapter 18, verse 1. Come on, y'all got time. Get to chapter 18 get to verse one. And in chapter 18, verse one, it says, after many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, three years, God provides for, remember, he said, it's not until it rains, I'm not going to, I'm going to provide for this lady. So he says, in the third year saying, go show yourself to King Ahab and I will send rain on the earth for three years. Like, just sit on this for a second. That This widow and her son ate three years worth of miracle meals. Every time she ate, she would have thought about how God provided. Every time she went to get flowers, she would have thought about how God provided. Every time she went to pour that oil, she would go like this and it would be filled back to the brim. That is nothing but God's provision. And you would think that three years is a long time, but Jesus picks it up in Luke chapter four when he talks about this same passage. And Jesus does not say three years. Jesus says three years and six months. In other words, three years and six months, God provided for this widow. Everybody else around them is dying in a famine. Don't don't miss this. There is no rain. There is no crops growing. But every time she goes into her cupboards, it's full. And many of you have experienced that as we're in this season. Every time you open your cupboards, you don't know how food gets in there. But every week it's in there. You don't know how the lights are staying on, but they're staying on. You, you don't know how every month the mortgage is getting paid and the rent is getting paid, but it's getting paid. Somehow I, I come to tell you, if you tapped onto this live stream, won't you share with somebody that's hurting right now? I, I, I just want to let you know that it's being provided for 
by God. Because God is able to meet even our most minute needs. And so this widow and her son don't eat their last meal. They give it to the prophet. The prophet eats. And after Elijah eats, this widow and her son ate for three years and six months. Every time they ate, they would have thought about the goodness of God. And many of you are on the brink of giving up right now. But I'm pleading with you today not to give up. You're on the brink of just throwing your hands up and falling into a deep depression. But I want to encourage you this morning. Don't give up. God never fails. God never lies. He never goes back on his promise. I love the song that the worship team sang that he is a way maker and a promise keeper. That God is able to provide for you even in the season that you're in right now. Let me also say to you. That the greatest provision that God ever gave was not in 1 Kings 17. God's greatest provision is via the cross. You got to understand something about the Bible. The Bible is made up of 66 books, 1189 chapters, over 40 different authors written on three different continents in three different languages. All about this one central figure named Jesus Christ. Jesus is the greatest provision that God has ever given us. You think that the cross was the ending of God's provision. It is the beginning of God's provision. God provides in crazy ways. And one of the craziest ways he provides for you is by sending his one and only son, the innocent, the the guiltless, the one that the Bible says not even deceit was found in his mouth. He didn't deserve to die, but he willingly goes to a cross and dies for you. He he dies for me. And why does he do that? Because remember, we're we're talking about Jehovah Jireh, but there's a there's another nickname, Jehovah Sitkanu. The Lord is my righteousness. Jesus knew that one day you would stand before God. And when you stood before God, your righteousness had to be spotless. He knew that your righteousness had to be perfect. It had to be impeccable. You could have never sinned if you stand before God, but I think all of us would agree that we have a little sin in our life. All of us would agree that we've made wrong decisions. We've made wrong turns, but, but here's what I want to encourage you with. Even if you've made a wrong turn, Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord is my righteousness. He goes to a cross. He absorbs all of your sin, but in the midst of absorbing your sin, he does a crazy trade. He gives you his righteousness. And in giving you his righteousness, you are now able to stand before God and hear words like spotless, blameless. You you are above reproach, even though many of us know that we can be blamed for a lot. But you stand before God as though you live like Jesus and Jesus stood before God on the cross as though he lived like you. This is the gospel message of Jesus Christ, the greatest provision that God has ever given humankind The innocent one dies for the guilty so that the guilty can stand and be counted as righteous. I I don't know what you're going through right now. I really don't. Some of you I know. I've texted with some of you. We have doctors in our church right now, and I've been talking and trying to keep up with them and seeing what's going on. We have teachers in our church right now, and I've been trying to keep, keep up with them, social workers and therapists, and people are hurting right now. People are lonely right now. People are suffering financially right now. But please hear me and hear me well. You jumped on this live so I can encourage you to tell you that Jehovah Jireh can provide for you. 
Matthew 6, I'll end here. Matthew 6, here's what Jesus says. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Then he goes on to say, are you, are, are you of not more value than they? God cares. God sees. God knows. Who am I talking to today that's at that brook that is dried up? And you're sitting there and you're complaining and you're, you're worried and you're anxious. I want to build trust today. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. Would you trust in him today? I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for every person that is signed on right now. I don't know their story. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what the hardship is. But you are a sovereign God that is all-knowing. You are here right now, the same way you are at their house right now, the same way you are in uh, London right now and in France and in Uganda and in Ethiopia, Father. You are everywhere at the same time and you're not confused. You are not overwhelmed. Shoot, you're not even surprised at what's going on. You saw this coming. And so, Father, I pray that you would protect everybody that's on this live right now. Everyone that's tapped in, people that will watch later. Father, I pray, oh God, that you would protect them from this virus. If they have been contaminated, I pray that you would show them that you are Jehovah Rapha, that you are the God who heals. Pray for somebody that has a financial burden right now, and financial stress right now. Father, I pray, oh God, that Jehovah Jireh would show up in their life. Father, lastly, I pray, oh God, for everybody that's feeling just anxious at home, tired of being in the house, tired of fighting with the kids. Father, would you do a work? Would you show them while they're at the brook that you were speaking? It's in Christ's name that we pray and give all glory. Amen.